We're talking Pirates of the Caribbean on this special Disney 100 episode of the Movies Past and Present podcast. Hello and welcome to the Movies Past and Present podcast. It's August 22nd, 2023, and this is episode 111. I'm your host, Stanford Clark, and I'm podcasting from the crossroads of the West in beautiful Salt Lake City, Utah. Just like my blog, moviespastandpresent.com, I'll be providing recommendations, commentary, and reviews about current and classic cinema. Thanks for tuning in, and let's do this thing. Today on this Disney 100 special, I'm joined by my friends, film aficionado Jen Edwards and film critic Rachel Wagner, and we are talking about the five uh, Pirates of the Caribbean films that Disney has made over the last few years. The first one was The Curse of the Black Pearl, which came out in 2003. That was followed by Dead Man's Chest in 2006 and At World's End in 2007. Uh, On Stranger Tides came in 2011. And then last uh, was Dead Men Tell No Tales in 2017. Who knows what they're not going to make anymore, but we're really not talking about that. We are talking about these movies that are based on the classic Disney Parks ride. And uh, these movies are interesting. We watched all five and live to tell. Uh, the first one, I think, is absolutely fantastic. Uh, the other one's not so much, but we get into that into the conversation. So here's my conversation with Jen Edwards and Rachel Wagner. Well, I'm so happy. I've got two friends on the podcast with me today. We've got, uh, film critic, Rachel Wagner. Hi, Rage. And then our friend and film aficionado, Jen Edwards is on the, is on the, uh, podcast with us. Hi, Jen. Hi. So. We, the three of us, um, I don't know if I can, if I can brag about this. Maybe I can though, because it was quite a feat. We watched all five of Disney's Pirates of the Caribbean films, uh, but we did it over four nights. So if I'm saying it, if I'm remembering correctly, friends, so we watched the first one and which was a blast because, you know, I think that movie is pretty great. Um, then we watched numbers two and three, so Dead Man's Chest and At World's End, and um, it about killed us. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, we can go into more detail about that. And then we watched four and five, uh, each on separate nights, to help kind of um, get us through. But anyway, we have so within the last couple of months, we have watched all five, rewatched all five of these films. So um, I'm hoping that we can kind of make sense of our experience. <laughs> Maybe it's just going to be a therapy session, right? <laughs> uh, and I'm just so g- glad to have, again, Rachel and Jen uh, on the podcast with me. So to start off with, what what was your take on our on our four nights of getting through these the, these Piper movies? Let's start with Rachel and then go to, and then go to Jen. Well, I have to say I was slightly upset about the fact that I suggested this and I have absolutely no memory of that at all. Like, I was like, what? Yeah, we got two witnesses. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I just like hanging out with you guys. I, I had pitched the idea because I, really, I wanted to have you both on the podcast <laughs> as far as the you know, as part of my Disney 100 yeah. series. And yeah, Rach pitched the idea of watching all five Pirates, which I wasn't planning on doing. I because I wanted to watch the first one that was on my uh-huh. list, but I didn't think I could make it through all five. <laughs> but but it was it. a lot of fun. It, it was a great time. So, <laughs> and like for me, I, I, yeah, I think the first film is uh, in the conversation for perfect action adventure. We were talking the other day about perfect movies. Yeah. And I think this one has to be in that conversation. We forget that Johnny Depp was nominated for an Oscar for that movie for playing Jack Sparrow. I mean, it it was a, it's a huge, you know, huge thing. And it's such a, it's such an entertaining film. 
Um, and then the uh, the second and third ones, they are rough sits. They are so slow and so the pacing. But I do admire the like the lore that they built up and that that it was all original storytelling i think it's pretty cool and interesting and and uh, that i there's a moxie to the movies that i i do admire i uh, and and for some reason i don't know what's wrong with me i like get into convulsions or something because i end up watching these movies like every couple <laughs> <of> years <laughs> And so this was my latest rewatch. And I I suppose I do appreciate them, especially when you have the slew of bland and boring and forgettable uh, blockbuster, you know, series that are that are uh, that are so forgettable. And at least this tried and I will give them credit for that. They sure as heck tried, but it's still overall. Uh, didn't didn't really didn't really work uh but uh but yeah there are things that i do admire about those second and third and then the fourth one is is the fourth and fifth one they were just too desperate to hang on to jack sparrow he became the primary character and uh they they really don't work hardly at all um but uh but yeah it's uh it's an interesting it's interesting for a studio that has had almost no successful live action films. It's kind of an interesting franchise to look at. Jen, what was your experience with our watch? And also, I guess, and rewatch, but I think many of these were new to you, right? Had You hadn't yeah. seen all of them? Yeah, I, I know for sure I watched the first two in the theater. And of course, I've seen the first one several times. But I, I don't think I watched the third one. I didn't remember it anyway. And I know I didn't watch the fourth or fifth one at all. So these are my first watches on the flip side of Rachel torturing herself with an annual watch. Um, oh, Rachel, how do you do I it? was just kind of wading into the waters on these. And I mean, we talked about kind of ranking them and honestly, like, two through five it's splitting hairs yeah to, to the degree that i literally made a list of all the movies and then added put pluses and minuses and on one <laughs> of them i literally wrote paid the least attention <laughs> with a big old minus um because some of them are so bloated and convoluted i was like i can't even keep it straight what's happening um, but I, it was fun. And the thing is, these movies look amazing. They are some of the best made movies ever visually. Um, and so that's, that's not a chore, but the plots are just so, so insane. Uh, the bottom line is so insane. Yeah. And the first one is just, it, there's such a difference. And for me, it was so fun to revisit the first one and just feel like I was on the ride. There's so much about the first one that is, I mean, a reflection of the light of the ride that's done on purpose. Um, but I mean, I think I said this before, but as you go throughout the series, it becomes less about the ride. And then suddenly the ride at Disneyland is becoming more about the series as Jack Sparrow got added and all of those things. So yeah. that was kind of just an interesting thing for me to think about just because I'm a huge Disneyland person. And um, the first one, there were just moments when I think I even said when we were watching it, I feel right. Like, look, we're right on the ride. Like, yeah. this is exactly like straight from there, which I thought was really, really cool. And just things I hadn't really put together in the whole because I had never seen them all. Yeah. And Jen, uh, you kindly calculated the amount or the number of minutes that we spent watching these movies. Could you please share that? Yes, it's stat? 737 minutes. If yeah. you watch all the way to the end of the credits, including each of these movies has a post credit scene, which I'm not going to lie, we didn't always wait through the end. Yeah, we were so happy that they were. we made it through. 737. That, uh, <laughs> you know, that's 500 minutes that we're never going to get back because I like the first movie. <laughs> the other <ones> <laughs> Right. right. On my calculations, the longest movie got two minuses. Okay. Which was the longest movie, by the way? Uh, At World's End. At World's End. At World's End is two hours and 50 minutes. Two hours, five, zero minutes. Uh, Which just is endless. So long. It's because the first hour they do nothing. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good point. So, you know, the first movie is such a delight. Maybe we just spend a little bit of time 
what do you think happened? Like, why are two through five just not even close I to the first one? So a friend of mine wrote this, is a big fan of these movies, and he wrote this whole long, detailed piece, a persuasive essay about comparing Lord of the Rings uh, to uh, to uh, this, the original Lord of the Rings, to the Pirates, the Pirate Trilogy. And I do think that he makes some interesting points. And I do think that they, that Return of the King winning Best Picture right around the same time period, um, that that there's actually a big part of it, you know, that, that you had and the Harry Potter and some of the other franchises that, you know, you had this sort of fantasy wave going on at the time. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that everybody want to kind of wanted to be a part of that. And it was also a time when, when these huge, you know, budgets and huge projects were being paid off. So the, uh, the return of the King came out in 2003 and, uh, and, the one when, when did the first one of these the original 2003 yeah, yeah so right then so yeah absolutely i mean that was definitely influential in uh in the whole approach in filming the two movie the last two movies cuz originally i think it was just going to be a standalone and uh, and then the this whole approach to do this like epic fantasy uh to kind of try to have that same sort of lore and feel and you know the the code of the pirates and you know all that with like the hobbits and the I I I think that that I that that is a huge influence and reason that they not only how critically applauded like I said winning best picture but also commercially successful that whole series was. I did read something that just the market was prepared for some pirate movies because they hadn't really been successful for quite a while. And the, so the Curse of the Black Pearl just kind of opened it up to kind of just the pirate movies in general. Again, they were very yeah. big, obviously, in earlier days in the movies, but they hadn't been for a long time. Yeah, and true. it really did embrace it. But I'm going to say that, honestly, I think the difference is money. <laughs> um, the first one, I really do think they were trying to trying out this idea of uh, turning this ride into a movie. And the success of the Jack Sparrow character was I think unexpected. Yeah. Cause the movie, the first movie, which I love and is the best, I think they almost spend too much time on some of the other pirates. Cause they thought they were all going to be equally engaging, but they're not. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. Jack and Johnny Depp is the best in that first movie. I mean, I think he's, I mean, there's no other character in any movie like Jack Sparrow. Like I said, nominated for an Oscar. Right. Nominated- yeah. Oscar like it's such a big I mean it was I mean just I just think that came out of nowhere and and the amount of money it made came out of nowhere I I mean I looked it up and this franchise is like the 15th highest growing franchise ever yeah um and is one of only two two franchises franchises I think that have two movies in it that made over a billion dollars like two of these movies made over a billion dollars because Return of the King made 1.147 billion dollars yeah and one best picture and one best picture Yeah. yeah so yeah, so I, I mean, I think that it, there just came a point when the the intent of the first one was not, I mean, it, all movies are about money, but was not as <laughs> um, focused on money in my yeah. opinion, that it was more about turning this ride into a movie. That's a really mm-hmm. good point, because you see it in t- two and three, I think, still try to say focus on the lore, but a lot of time with captain jack sparrow you know in those mm-hmm. in those movies and then four and five to me really seem really almost like a money grab you know oh, yeah. it's just not um it's just well, not five, kind of almost, the, five the, almost seems like a spinoff more yeah. than more than an actual part of this franchise even though it is yeah that's true that's true uh you know but as as was mentioning the production design the art direction, you know, the special effects for the most part are really great in all of them. As I think we all were, we commented on that multiple times as we were watching. Like, wow, this movie looks so great. 
and I'm so bored, but it looks amazing. You know, or I'm so confused, but it looks, yeah. it looks, it looks so good. Um, Rachel brought up an interesting point. I know when we were watching it about how Jack Sparrow in the first one is really a supporting character. And then they turn him into a main character and it really kind of shifts the, the feeling of the movies. Don't you think? What's your, what's your take on that? Again, let's start with, with Rachel and go, and, go, and go to Jen. Yeah, no, there's no question that he became the focus of the final two movies, especially uh, because, I mean, the other characters weren't even hardly in them. Uh, but, um, but yeah, I mean, and he's just a, I don't know. There's almost no examples of when a supporting character is made the lead character and that actually works. You know, it just... It just, they keep trying it over and over again. I mean, I guess I did enjoy Finding Dory, but I mean, far less than, than Finding Nemo. Yeah. Uh, we just like whenever they try to do that, it just doesn't work. <laughs> they mm-hmm. tried to do it with Solo. They tried to do it with, uh, and it just, it just usually, I don't know, doesn't, it doesn't work. And um, uh, I mean, I, I feel like it's worked for some television shows have done that, like the um, Better Call Saul or, you know, something like that. Yeah. But it it just, they're supporting characters for a reason. And usually, like, it's always easier in any series, it's always easier to like the supporting characters more than our lead character. Because usually the supporting characters are the ones without the burden of the plot and they're the ones given all the eccentricities that make them so likable. Right. Like it's almost everybody likes a Han Solo or a Leia more than Luke or a Hermione and a a Ron more than Harry, you know, like that's just, that's true in literature as well. You know, it's always easier to kind of, to, to like, you know, these supporting characters because they don't have the weight of being the hero of leading the story. And, uh, and so that's what creates the problem. Then when you make them the lead character, then all of a sudden this person that you loved is now got the weight of the plot on them. And, uh, and so, and that, I mean, that is a brilliant thing about Lord of the Rings is that it manages to transfer f- from Frodo being the primary character to Samwise being the primary character through the course of the three stories. And uh, it's a very tricky thing to do. That is uh, that, that you can tell Tolkien was a superior writer that he's able to do it. Yeah. Jen, what's your take on that? You know, Rachel, I was going to say the same thing about it works on TV, but I don't think Mm -hmm. it works in the movies. And I have thought several times since you said that, that it just doesn't work to put this side character um, in front. But it's also, I mean, I started to make a checklist as we were watching these movies of the things that the Jack Sparrow character had to do. Like he had to have a moment of him running with the hands up and mm-hmm. doing that. He had to be at some point covered in something like mud or mud, whatever. Yeah, He had to have some kind of, uh, you know, ridiculous escape from cap- capture. Um, my favorite one being in the the last one that we just watched from the guillotine. Um, yeah, that's a fun sequence. That's a really fun sequence. Yeah. yeah. And then and then sometimes and at some point in every movie he's being carried like with two men on either side of him, and so he's like hip level and he's communicating from there, like in every single one of these movies. So it started to just be like a checklist, like oh there it goes there it goes there it goes instead of being this authentic like character he's now yeah. this caricature and it it makes it into something that it's not and it's far less fun mm-hmm. um to any and it, you just it's hard to take him serious in most of this because the character he created in the first one is not it's not meant to be all that serious to be honest i don't yeah. think and then they made him serious like yeah. they made him put like kept putting him in these very serious stories mm-hmm. and um all this lore and all these things like it's weird that he's in the same like scenes as like pirate lore kind of stuff davy jones and blackbeard and all all these things that are like you know in the history of pirates but mm-hmm. then there's like silly jack sparrow which yeah. we love but it just is it just is too much. I think the other problem that I would say in response to my friend's essays is that 
the thing with Lord of the Rings is that there's a clear moral imperative that's established from the very beginning of what needs to happen. And if it doesn't happen, then there's going to be these, these, the whole world's going to be destroyed, you know, like whatever is going to happen at Mount Doom and that they have to destroy the ring. It gives everything clear purpose. And the other brilliant thing that Lord of the Rings does that Peter Jackson did is that he set up all the world building and all the lore in the first 10 minutes of the first movie. He explains, you know, the backstory, all the different clan, you know, that there's the elves and there's the, all of that is just gotten rid of done. And so then they could go forward and tell this very simple story of, of a, of one person that has to destroy this great evil and, and, and there's people that come in and out and help and there's, you know, uh, there's alliances and different things, but at the core, the story is actually very simple. It's this small man that has to destroy this great evil against great odds. And that's what makes it exciting. Whereas here you never have a sense of like moral imperative of like what it is that in this fantasy epic you have Davy Jones locker, you have these set pieces that are interesting and that, or that have potential to be interesting, but there's never any sense of like, what is this all about? What is, what are they fighting against? What are they trying to do? What are they, you know, like, and, and so that's where the whole thing just becomes a problem because I would say that the Hobbit movies have the same problem that the Lord of that oh, these pirate yeah, movies have because the Hobbit movies have no moral imperative. It, cause it's just a bunch of adventures and, and, and a cash grab extraordinaire <laughs> speaking of. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's just, there's no, like what it is that they're doing. There's nothing. And so it's just like, if you like fantasy worlds and you like world building and you like being with these characters, then sure you can have fun with them. But for those of us that are maybe a little fantasy averse, we need the story. We need the, what is the moral imperative to what it is that's happening? Why do they need to go on these adventures? Yeah, it's well, just the stakes for me. I mean, yeah. yeah. In, in, in these like, pirate imperative. movies towards the end, I couldn't tell what the stakes were really, except mm-hmm. for, because they can be zombies. I mean, they can be undead. Mm-hmm. So even death wasn't fully a stake in this. Yeah. If There's no like equivalent oh, yeah. ring. There's no like equivalent ring of power that needs yes. to be destroyed. Right. Nothing to like focus on that, you know, and like in the Harry Potter world, you had this great evil of Voldemort that was like the clear, this is what we are fighting against. And, and as it built and built and built, there were like major stakes that happen and that are, you know, the, the Harry's confronted with. And, and, and so you need that where they don't have that in this. It's never clear, like, what... Yeah. Yeah. It never works, but, you know, I mean, particularly, again, with two through five, but the, um, like, in number four, when they're finding the Fountain of Youth, yeah. I mean, like, what, you know? And then, and then Poseidon's trident, same thing. It's like, okay. They need a, they need a mermaid to cry? No. no. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. The whole thing, the whole thing. Those are really, those are really such, um, such good points. And, and then, you know, the length, like I was, I was just whining about the, you know, those Hobbit movies, they turned the smallest book into nine hours of cinema. Yeah. Ridiculous. And just like, what, what, you know, like, really? I can't believe that there's extended editions of the Hobbit movies. Like, <laughs> that, like, blows my mind. Yeah. It's just <laughs> like, uh... They were already so long. It's so, it's um, so messed up. I think, too, one of the things that I really loved about the first film was we had a lot of interesting characters, but there also was a great, I think there was a great love story. Yeah. You know, I mean, or there, or, you know, this potential romance that was going to happen with uh, Orlando Bloom's character and Keira Knightley's character, you know, and, and that sort of carries on in, in the next couple of films, but then basically they killed off Orlando Bloom. And I thought that, I don't know. I mean, yeah. maybe it added some gravitas or something and they wanted uh, something that they, you know, the, the writers liked or whatever, but 
I thought they're killing, you know, they're kind of killing off the most, some of the most interesting characters or most appealing characters. You know, what's, yeah. what do you both think about that? You're, you're much more well-versed in this world than, um, <laughs> than I am. Well, I was going to say those are the only clear stakes in these movies is the, the romance and um, Will and mm-hmm. Elizabeth's uh, come together and fall apart. And there's the, I mean, there's moments that um, weigh heavy on the relationship when uh, Elizabeth has to kiss Sparrow and uh, all, you know, all these little mm-hmm. things, but those are the only clear stakes in the whole story. And so as they started to abandon that central relationship, it just got so convoluted. I, I couldn't tell what we were doing or why. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think their chemistry is so great. Yeah. And, uh, they're both, they're all such quality actors and up for the action in the scenes. And, and I mean, and I think you do have like very compelling villains in, in the, in just in design and flourish and actors that are, you know, really trying. Um, I, uh, I, I, Jeffrey Rush and Bill Nye and, uh, these people that, uh, are a lot of fun. Um, so, you know, that helps. Uh, and I, you know, I love in the third movie, the whole, when they get married in the middle of the fight that elevates it for me. Yeah. <laughs> I really enjoy oh, it. Oh, I think oh, it's oh. so funny and so glad yeah. charming and, and, uh, and also great, great music. I mean, you can, you can fault the second and third one for a lot of things, but you cannot fault uh, Hans Zimmer for those yeah. great Hans, scores. Yeah. It's his trophy score. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I totally, totally agree. But what do you think about the demise? I mean, not necessarily the demise, but how Will gets, you know, punished and he has to, I mean, he's, he's off for, you know, seven years, right. Is when he can have, we were joking about the, the column and I'm because it's true. The conjugal visit with Caroline. Yeah. That, I mean, to me, I thought that was, I was really disappointing. Yeah. That was lame. I mean, it would have been so much better if, if that had been kind of the moral imperative throughout the whole thing of him saving his father and then, yeah. and, and then, cause it starts out with him as a young boy at the very beginning, the first one him getting yeah. rescued and and so they would if it could, if he had carried that throughout it could have been really a cool you know thing uh but uh but yeah that was disappointing and you you don't want like that's such a weird way to end off this great love story of oh i gotta get kissed by you every seven years yeah i so again i don't think i saw that movie but before this summer um and it because i think like this when that happened i thought did orlando bloom say he wasn't going to do another movie like yeah like, is this i know it was a contractual right yeah. was this a contractual decision because i was like why are they doing that i'm like they said he said i'll only appear for seven more minutes in any more movies you make like what like what i i honestly was like that this makes no sense why are they doing this to this um to this character i didn't know i didn't make yeah. it Rachel, we have a good point about the villains. Uh, I think that Jeffrey Rush really is terrific, uh, and uh, and then also Bill Nye. I think we all commented to uh, watching it. Um, his Davy Jones portrayal, particularly with all that CGI, I think is just really cool. You know, for lack of a better a better a better word. Uh, you know, I I wasn't just crazy about um, Ian McShane as Blackbeard. I mean, he was okay, I guess. Yeah, but he yeah, was very, yeah, not But again, I think it was just almost because they didn't give him good stuff to do. You know, uh, the you know they being the writers. Uh, I and Javier Bardem in number five again, great actor and really interesting special effects. But I, ultimately, I I just didn't really care you know those special effects did not hold up for me though i thought they looked really weird like it looked like his face was floating in front of his body well yeah you know and and i think we commented too 
The, the special effects in number five were probably the least impressive of, the, uh, yeah. of, of uh, number five were of, of, because, all, of all five I mean, movies. The Bill Nye, I, I've always thought, I've always called him the booger pirate because I, I don't. <laughs> you have to be impressed that every inch of him is a visual effect. Everything. Yeah, There's yeah. no makeup involved and it looks, it does look really real. Yeah. Like, I don't know how they did that, it at, especially so at that time. Yeah, it was, it's very, it's yeah. very impressive. I mean, that, I also learned in the in these on the villain side that um, I have seen far less Penelope Cruz movies than I thought I had. <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, was an odd her, one too. In, most in this, of her, but she was great in it. I most mean, most of her movies are in you know in Spanish. It's in true. Spain. I was hoping though that Penelope Cruz's presence would elevate that film, and you know, it didn't for me. No, what about no. for you? For you too. Like, like uh, Rob Marshall knows how to, to direct entertaining sequences, but just together the story just wasn't there. They didn't have enough of a story to tell. Like it takes forever to 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 even get on the journey of the of the yeah. uh, Fountain of Youth, and uh, the whole thing with that guy and the mermaids is probably my least favorite thing in the whole franchise oh, absolutely like, for the record awful. that's the one that i paid the least attention yeah. to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah well and didn't and again same thing sorry I'm just, you know we were all there sorry i know i'm but uh, <laughs> didn't we comment about how it was like took how long at, at least an hour for some of these yep. characters to show yeah. up at all yeah. like these kind of yeah. main mm-hmm. characters which i thought was Kind of weird, but then also the, again, just dragging out these films. Yeah, it's so much longer than they needed to it's be. It's like they had three sentences of plot that they said, "No problem, we can do two hours and twenty." <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Um, is there anything that's right with these? You know, two through five, and I think we've commented on some of it, like with you know Bill Nye, um, some of this, you know, the, the, some of the set pieces we thought were, you know, were pretty entertaining. Uh, anything that you could think of that you thought, you know, uh, that was right with the four lessons. Let's start with you, Jan, and then go to Rage. Well, Rachel already mentioned this, but the music for sure. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I really think when we talk about this, we almost have to treat that fifth one as something different because Hans Zimmer was the producer of the music on the first one. Then he did the music for the next three. And then he's not at all. Right, the, as a different guy. Last. Yeah. Um, Jeff Zanelli, which I had, yes. you know, didn't know him, but yeah. Yes. And not that there's anything wrong, but it's just different. And our main characters are different. I, it's just when we talk about that last one, it's hard for me to say what went right with everything because it's almost like there has to be a hard stop after the fourth one because mm-hmm. something new is created. Um, but we've talked about the visuals. The visuals all, are all just, I mean, they're astounding. These are literally the some of the best looking movies that have been made. And they are, in my opinion, right up there with the Lord of the Rings and some of these other just grand and epic. I mean, some of these scenes are just incredible that they are creating. Um, Some of them are not, especially in that last one. Yeah. The last one. (laughs) I I have to say like, as much as I, I think they are boring and not effective, they're, they're so ambitious that I yes. would rather watch them than some other franchises. I yes. would certainly rather watch them than almost any of the Zack Snyder um, DC films. I would rather watch them than a lot of the Fast and the Furious movies. I would rather watch them. I mean, because at least they try. I'd rather watch them than the Hobbit movies. Uh, yeah there's interesting stuff in there and they, and I guess I, the ambition of it all. I, and maybe that's why I do get drawn back to them every couple of years and I end up doing the ranking where I have to watch them again. Um, (laughs) And so, I mean, I think I would rather watch them than the star Wars prequels, Mm -hmm. um, which are also really long and boring. At least this has a much better romance than those do. Yeah. Well, I thought I could rewatch them just to try to figure out a little bit more of the plot. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I don't mean that. I mean, I am joking kind of, except for um, as I was like thinking about these movies and I was like, why, what, why was this? And why was that? And I was like, maybe I should just rewatch them. And I was like, oh, did I just think that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so I agree with Rachel. They are ambitious, but they're also interesting. I mean, they're beautiful to look at and they're interesting to, even if it's convoluted and bloated, it's still, uh, I would, I would not. I, mean, I just think they're at least interesting. It's, it's like that whole uh, that whole meme of, with Bart Simpson and the cake, and it says, "At least you tried. <laughs> at least they tried." Yes. So we've heard rumors swirling around for years that there have been other pirate movies in development at Disney. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, with or without Johnny Depp. Do we want another pirates movie? Well, the big rumor for a long time uh, was that. Uh, that they were going to make a movie with Karen Gillum and she was going to be the red pirate yeah. that was added to the added ride. To the ride. Yeah. In the because, auction scene. Yeah. In the auction scene. And was there not uh, a, a, a rumor about Margot Robbie doing a spinoff? Yeah. And the Margot Robbie was, there was, and then the, they were going to, they were going to maybe do a TV series. show. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the, the thing, I guess that, like on paper, the idea of a female red pirate movie could be fun. I mean, that sounds interesting, but I just right now do not trust Disney to make something that will be entertaining and that I will enjoy. And I mean, that's sad because I'm a huge, you know, huge Disney fan, but boy, they are on a rough streak. And uh, and so I, I just... I don't know. I just don't trust that they would get the the writers they would need and get the story that they would need and get the uh, that they would make an entertaining film. I think it would end up feeling like, wow, that was a slog to sit through. Yeah. What do you think, Jed? I mean, I I think that if they. I mean, I agree with all the things about trusting this. I would be curious maybe about a TV show over another franchise of movies. Um, but I don't, I don't necessarily, it's not something that I would seek out in general. Um, I would just have to be what they made and when they made it, because right now I, everything's getting shut down over there. <laughs> and they're, so I can't imagine that some of this, I, I tried to do a little reading about it honestly today and they keep saying, yes, we're going to make this. And they keep not. But that's mm-hmm. kind of Disney's thing. I mean, there was, I did enjoy the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, but that was a lot more to do with James Gunn. So maybe if they, if they, if they got a director that's interesting, and I did enjoy The Little Mermaid more than I thought. So, you know, maybe it's possible, but I don't know. They're just not in an interesting place right now for the most part, uh, even in their, even in their television division. I mean, I've heard that Andor was good, but Mandalorian wasn't great. And so, well, and I thought too, after the success of Barb, of Barbie, would Margot Robbie really stay committed to a pirate thing next, but maybe she would, I I don't know. And Karen Gillum, I honestly don't think is a very good actress, but I think she could maybe pull off, she could have fun with it. So sure. Now, why not? <laughs> now that Johnny Depp is maybe a little bit more viewed favorably in the public eye, I'm not sure about that, but I guess he's been acquitted. Right. Yeah. Uh, do you think that he could ever play the, play the role again in a way that fans would embrace? Yeah, I think he could. I mean, they still love to see him at Disneyland. But I would, yeah. if, if if I were his manager, I would tell him if he was going to do a pirate movie for him to be a supporting role and let people fall back in love with the character and let people fall back in love with him. Uh, I think that would go a long way. If you did this red, you know, pirate movie and you could have him be like Red's financer and you know, or something, you know, like a supporting small role. Doses. Small doses. Yeah. <laughs> you yes, didn't like that idea? Answer. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, that's what I think would work really well. And 
uh, and then and then maybe after that like bring them more into the the franchise but uh but anyway that's what i would do one question about the ride at disneyland well i guess at disneyland and walt disney world i i think actually they might have put them in a disneyland paris too but should jack should the jack sparrow animatronics and that storyline still stay in the ride is it or or uh, do you think it's is it time to kind of restore some of the ride back to uh, pre Jack Sparrow um, plot. <laughs> what's your, what's your view on that? It doesn't matter. What do you think? I, I don't think, I don't, I don't think that Jack Sparrow is tainted in any way. I know a lot of stuff has happened with Johnny Depp and maybe some people look at that differently. I don't, I don't see, because I think Jack Sparrow is just so his own like original creation that has become this beloved thing. I don't, I don't think he's tainted. I honestly, it's a, it's a neutral point to me, whether it stays Mm -hmm. or goes, it was neutral to me when they put him in. I thought, Oh, that's cool. And then the fact that he's there, you know, my niece loves to see, well, where's Jack Sparrow, you know, know, but I, but I don't think I would miss him if they took him out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of ambivalent about it, but uh, they did it tastefully. So it's okay. I didn't keep them in there. All right. So I know that I joked about the ranking. I like, cause again, cause I kind of ranked, you know, the one as the, you know, the crystal black pearl is, as as my number one. And then two through five were just all kind of crap, <laughs> you know, but um, how would you both let's, let's talk about it. You know, if, if we did rank them, how would we rank them? For me, I rank them one, three, two, five, four. What about you, Jed? Um, I was straight. Well, I was one, two, and five and three are kind of tied for me, and then four, and then four. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I, I just want to say it really is splitting hairs. Exactly. It's it's kind of a futile thing. Uh, you know, I, I, my, I'm the same with you, Jen, you know, one, two, you know, five and three are kind of super close. If not, if not, identical, then for sure, the worst one is, 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 is four. number four. Yeah. I think yeah. three gets the edge for me because I think the Davy Jones locker sequence is really fun. And I, I think the wedding is really fun. Yeah. And but so it's worse. Like two is just Jones? all boring. Like it's. So for me, three is definitely better than two, but that's just me. <laughs> that pirate is it the pirate council? I don't know where, where yeah. that 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 is knocks rough. me out every time. It's yeah. just like to like stand up, walk around, get a coke. You know what I mean? It's I just really like, hate the the one pirate that turns the bugs. Yeah, I really don't like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, ironically, for me, at World's End has my favorite scene outside of the first movie and my least favorite scene outside of the first movie. And so when I was totaling things up, it was like plus, minus, plus, minus, plus, minus. <laughs> yeah, those scenes, Jen. Um, well, the wedding, for sure. I mean, that yeah. wedding is so just fun. charming and perfect for the franchise in the rain and the in the fight. And Jeffrey Rush is so great in it when he's like, I'm a little busy right now. <laughs> um, you know, all of that is so... But I cannot stand the purgatory in the locker all the Jack Sparrow's scene when oh, he comes yeah, like a chicken bad. and he's talking to himself because he's in the locker and yeah. like some weird state of purgatory. I, I really, really dislike that whole thing. When he clucks like a chicken, I was like, Oh my gosh, I can't. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> that really so it was both my favorite and my least favorite scene in like all of the two through five. <laughs> you know, one of the things I, not to, you know, already, be this but uh in number five when we were watching that whole finale and i mean you you both just said it perfectly it's just there were no stakes and how i don't know i hated the whole 10 commandments thing you know i mean of this you know the way the the opening of the ocean and then like that you know the big pirate ship you know just going along the edge with the anchor it's like it's so dumb and like 
Yeah. How's that ship even doing that? I mean, not that any of this is based in realism, but still, the whole thing just, just. It's true because when the when the the ships are caught in Davy Jones' locker, yeah, it looks great. It looks so good compared yeah. to yeah that CGI fest. Uh, I mean, they're all CGI fest, but one looks great and one doesn't look great. Yeah. Yeah, so it's kind of in a way a bummer to end to end the series on you know. Well, that another movie. another thing for me about that last one is I maybe didn't understand the stakes because I, when I was like look reviewing everything today, apparently when they broke the trident, it broke the curse for Will, so that's how the come they were reunited, and I so did not get that. Mm, um, yeah. yeah, how Bill went for yeah yeah I'm with you. And so I was like, "Oh!" And I was like, "That should well, be I mean, a great, like that should be my favorite part here because we're yeah. freed." But mm. I mean, but you know, he's in that movie for three minutes and yeah, Elizabeth exactly. for one, and you know, probably with no lines. I do have to say, the greatest gift that these movies gave to me was the Ask a Ninja. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, <laughs> Dead Man's Chest review. If you haven't seen it, look it up on on a YouTube. It is absolutely hilarious, and I think I'll about it. Link to it in my podcast notes. I, yeah, I think about it all the time when I'm in a bad movie. <laughs> all the time. That's the great quote in the narration about less. <laughs> And, uh, it's uh, oh, there's so many great parts of it that that they just uh, that they that everybody gets to be a pirate even if you weren't a pirate in the last one you're now a pirate in this one and then and then they they just went around and they put a bunch of screenplays into a cannon then a pa went around and and even that script was lost (laughs) so they just made it up every day (laughs) and today you get to be a pirate (laughs) yes it's the best. You should check it out. It's very funny. <laughs> At one point, Elizabeth is declared the pirate king. Now, there's so many issues with that sentence. <laughs> so many. She is declared the pirate king. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that is a made-up day of the script for sure. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, well, this has been so much fun. Do you have any final words you want to say about these five films okay this is my this is what i determined after trying to split hairs and rank these movies um is that this movie is the parts like the first movie is incredible the sum of its parts is great two through five parts a lot of the parts are good but the sum of their parts is long <laughs> and while it was really fun to watch them especially some of these for the first time um i just think that there are just some parts that weren't good and some parts that were except for in that first one and i i'm telling you what i'll go on the ride and i'll watch the first one all yeah. of it yeah i love the ride and that and then just get that's my <laughs> party <laughs> <laughs> and the first Party. movie you know the first movie i know it's you know a broken record here but it, it really is good um rachel and i both recently saw it uh they uh you know disney is doing this kind of disney 100 i don't know if i call it what would you call it, a film festival they're kind of like 100 days of yeah, it's like a or series. something yeah it's fun they've got eight films that they're re-releasing to theaters and pirate and they, and they play for a two-week period so we, we saw pirates on the big screen again and it was so much fun yeah uh blast just to see it on the big screen it was lovely print you know and great great sound in the theater but it just was reminded uh this was this was a a, a film done right that was so surprising i'm sure it was i bet it was surprising for disney <laughs> too uh and maybe that was part of the problem, you know, the, with with these subsequent films. But I'm so glad at least we have that first film, which is uh, terrific. Yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah. classic. It is. There's it a reason is. it was the only non-animated feature that Disney picked for its Disney 100. Yeah, mm-hmm. true. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. really good. It's 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 really great. So. 
Well, thank you both so much for taking the time and for being on the podcast. It's always fun to talk with you. Now, Jen, where can can people find you uh, on social media, et cetera? First, let me say I'm absolutely no one. I mean, my social media is JDE715. My name is Jen Edwards. But my best skill is picking really good friends. So <laughs> that's the only reason that I'm talking to you. <laughs> uh, well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And Rachel, where can people find you? You can find me at Rachel's Reviews. And I do have a video on my uh, channel uh, ranking all of the Disney ride movies. Uh, it's a couple of years old, so it doesn't have the new Haunted Mansion, but it's got the Tower of Terror. It's got Mission to Mars. It's got a bunch of, it's got the Country Bears, which is. <laughs> I don't know we why I just kind of thought it was fun. <laughs> We shouldn't be complaining, right? We're gonna have to watch the country bears. <laughs> so, uh, so check that out. Uh, and uh, yeah, I have a lot of we do. Stanford and I do a ton of fun Disney content, and um, you can find that all at Rachel's Reviews. And check me out the Hallmarkies podcast as well, all over everywhere. All right. Well, thank you both, and hopefully the next time uh, we watch a movie, it's going to be a, you know a better one than. <laughs> <laughs> the dead metello tales listen to my suggestion what do i know <laughs> all right thank you thank you <laughs> Bye. well that does it for this episode of the movies past and present podcast huge thanks again to jen and rachel for joining me all more information about the movies discussed in today's podcast can be found in the podcast notes on my website at moviespastandpresent.com. Subscribe to the podcast where you listen to your podcasts. And follow me on Instagram. I'm at moviespap, as in past and present. As always, I hope you will enjoy some good movies this week, whether they be from the past or the present. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, be safe out there and dedicate yourself to the truth. <laughs>